I want to thank both of you for being on this podcast. I always enjoy whenever I have my people with me, you know what I mean? Sometimes, this is nice. But I enjoy, period. I enjoy meeting different people and what they're doing. Now, Julius, I've known you for a while. Yes. Right. But I've never really, we, this is our first time really talking. It is. Except it is. when we had lunch, right? Yes. And Houston, first time. First time. Oh, I mean, it seemed like both of you seem like family already, man. Well, I really enjoyed this. This is nice. So tell me, you can start any way you want to tell me about yourself. When were you born? I was um, born in Philly and uh, grew up in basically New Jersey. Um, from there, went on to university. And from university, uh, landed a job on Wall Street. What were you studying in university? You... Uh, I studied accounting. And did you know you were, did you plan on studying No, I started as an engineering and then uh, through engineering, I realized it wasn't for me. Okay. I would study for hours on end and get C's. And then I saw the business colleagues of mine having a good time. And I'm like, hey, well, I'm studying more hours than they are. And getting worse grades. And getting worse grades. I switched my major to business. My cue shot up to, well, graduate with honors. Yeah. And I played football in university. So did all, and was a resident. Wait, wait, are you tell me about your family makeup. Are you the only child or do you uh, have I have a younger sister. She's okay. two years younger than me. Younger. Are you guys close? I am. Yeah, we're close. Uh, she has two uh, lovely nephews and I love those guys. They're first boys in our family, so to speak. So it's only because it's only two of us, so uh, you know, really, I like my nephews. Mom and dad still together? Uh my father died oh, a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, he did that a long time ago, Vietnam vet. And he passed when I was in, I was uh, probably nine or ten years old. He passed. But you didn't tell me about this during, what do you mean? He pa- wait, wait, he passed in Vietnam or after he got out? He, he passed after he got it out of Vietnam, but uh, unfortunately, we think it was due to Agent Orange. Cause he yeah, I was going to say. He died of cancer. Oh, yeah. A lot of guys got wiped out that way. Was he in the Army? Yes, he was in the Army. He was in the Army. So how, how old would he be now? If you, do you know what year he was born? Oh, he would probably be about the same age as my mother. So he'd probably be uh, 77. Yeah. 77 that's my right, group. That's my right. yeah. yeah, 77 years old. Wow. No, I have a lot of friends that, that came back. It didn't last that long. Yeah. Asian homes was taking out a lot of people. Yeah, it took them out. And they didn't. The government wasn't necessarily recognizing it either. Mm-hmm. He got nothing for it, did he? No, no, no. Got nothing for it. I mean... You know, my wife, my mother, uh, she received the you know the normal GI, right, the that's all type of same disability. So that that kicked in for, I think, until we were eighteen mm-hmm. or so. so yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So okay. So then, so you decided to change from from engineering to, to business to business because it was going to be easier. Well, I, you but know, since you had to do numbers anyway. Well, I was dealing with know. numbers anyway. So <laughs> what, what happened? I was I, I actually I wasn't doing bad. I okay. was getting C's. Right. And so as for engineering students, for your first year or so, that's not bad. Okay. But I got to a class called differential equations. Mm-hmm. And differential equations basically didn't have any numbers on the page. So I sat there and I received an exam that was all formula driven. Okay. So I did the best I could and I, I handed in the exam and I said, you know, he said, what do we you can see the professor can see the expression on my face. Right, he said, yeah. I put a few uh, questions on this exam that basically weren't were unsolvable. So you needed to really just demonstrate the ones that you could solve. I looked at him and I said, if that's how being an engineer and differential equations work, right. and this isn't for me, I like to solve 
deliver on right. my commitment. Right, 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 right. So if I see something, I want to be able to right. solve so it. Don't trick and play with me. Right. So <laughs> we're paying for this college man. Right. So I switched to business where I could solve things. Right. I could deliver. I could see it. I could touch it. Is that the way you addressed him too when you said that? Did you say did you? Or did you really feel like you've been tricked? Or? No, 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 I didn't feel like I've been tricked. I yeah, realized I, I, that it was that that was a turning point for me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because some students love the puzzle. That's right. right? The idea. And the idea of something being right. unsolvable. Right. But for me, it was no. I liked to, I liked having pieces all over the place. Right. But I like to put the puzzle together to say it's done. I right. did it. I, I did it. I done. delivered. Yeah. yeah. Right. I, and, and so that right. was the turning point where I moved into business and switched my career into business in accounting. And I just took. And right away it started going. It just it just took. So you got what happened? You got in the class and all of a sudden you start saying, I know what these guys do. Because the discipline, the discipline right, for an engineer completely is completely different. different. Yeah. So when you're studying and you're, 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 the skill sets that it takes to be an engineer, right. plotting timelines, mm-hmm. uh, solving you know the unsolvable or solving things that are solvable, right. but not necessarily the same numbers. Right. The way you have to go about it. So when I switched to business, that discipline was already there, which right. was part of my makeup. And therefore, it was whether it was accounting, intro to business, international accounting, tax, it just it just marketing, it just took off. Wow. So that, That's that so then that allowed me to also play football at the same time at university. Because it was so easy. So it, it was it was easy and, and be a resident assistant. Were you helping other people too? I you know, I was helping the younger students yeah, yeah. on my floor. So okay. when you're a resident assistant you would right. come in and they were like, Oh, you know, you know, you got the football player. Right. And it, the, the, the good thing about a residence is you had your own room. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, is that, that's, oh, that's the perk. They so they pay for okay. your room and board. Okay. And you get your own room so the, the guys would come and hang out and, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So have to be and learn how to do some math. <laughs> right. You said, shoot. So, Houston, what was, your, what was your trajectory? I, I know that you were in the service. Yeah, so I was in there. Tell me that. Yeah. But I grew up in South Carolina, right outside of Charlotte. No, it's not too far from my home base. Yeah. Not my, my family home base. Family familial home yeah. right. Right. And uh, I come from a big family, so I have three brothers in my family. Okay. But my mother comes from one; she's one of twelve, which wasn't unusual then. Exactly, because you know that generation, my family were farmers, right? And they needed that farmers. Right. That was their employment base. Right. The help is the That's the, right. the family. <laughs> right. Don't go on exactly. right. for a reason, brother. Exactly. <laughs> so I grew up with twenty-seven first cousins. 27. And you knew them all? I knew them all. And you guys were all close to And we're all right around the yeah, same age. Yeah, they're all right. <laughs> and I think the oldest, probably, so I'm 50 now, and the you know, oldest uh, passed away, and it would have been maybe 65. Right? That's how close you guys That's how we're all close. So what, where do you rank in your family? Where are you? I'm the second boy in my family. And so you you have an older brother. I have an older brother. What? And two younger. And two my two older brother is four years older than I am. Oh, that's unusual. Yeah. And then the one right behind me is one year, and then nine years below me is the baby brother. So only boys. Only boys. Wow. Only boys. <laughs> so are you guys tight? Are you? Guys you know when we we became tight. You know when we were growing up, we all played sports or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as I said, twenty seven first cousins, and even in that context, we were quite tight. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we all had our own kind of friends. 
Right. Because as you, as you can imagine, a family growing up that tight, you kind of sometimes want to say, I don't want to see you. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> I don't want to see you. I got 26 <laughs> so, yeah, I don't even see so we you. all had our own kind of cliques, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. But as we you know, became older, you know, obviously we kind of pulled back together. Right, right. Uh, and we're probably closer as adults. Are you the only one outside the States? I'm the only one outside the States. Are you the only one outside I'm the only one outside the States. Isn't that interesting? Why do some of us get that bug? Wait, what, what? you can tell me what made you decide to come to Japan? I, actually, I had uh, I was fortunate that when I started working on Wall Street, uh, the managing director of the department in finance, he had a concept of sending talent abroad. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And once he got to a certain level uh, of trust and dependability that and excellence, right, right. he would basically target you and say, "Okay." It's time to go. And for me, he sent me to London for for, for six months. And so you can imagine, I've never been out of the U.S. Yes, never. And How old were you at this time? Probably 30. Okay. Probably 30. Not even on vacation? I've been out, oh, of course, to the islands. And little, but that's little, not outside the States. You haven't, you haven't been outside the continental United States? No, right? had not. Yeah. Had not. So first time um, going to London. And um, and the reason why it was not more than a, a year uh, is because I was in law school at night at the time. So he asked me to put my law school on hold and go to London. And that's when I realized the world was huge. And wait, wait, law school for what? Wait, wait, wait. I was I was I was already a CPA. Okay. I was working in a finance tax department. And what I realized very quickly was there was the accounting side. Then there was the lawyer's side, all in the same department. But the lawyers were having a lot more fun and were dedicated to numbers and dedicated to the tax planning, the finance planning. So if you're tagged an accountant, which is fine right. as a career, but I always like the planning side. Okay. So in order to be more like the, be like Mike, be like the lawyers, I decided to go to law school at night. And I was the first person uh, in that department to go to law school on a Wall Street firm uh, at, at night. And, okay. and, and, and then Did you I, complete it? Oh yeah, I completed it. So you have a law degree? I have a law degree and a CPA. Both. A law degree in what? Uh, well, as a general, I'm a doctor, meaning I okay. graduated in law degree, but most of my electoral classes were in business. So okay. I, took, I took tax, I took business, right. those type of, that was my focus. Okay, so you really, there's no real law practice for anyone outside that firm, basically. You and for yourself, you know, I mean so it's, most it's, people think of people with a law degree as someone lawyers. That's right, what you right, think. Right. You know, and that's the thing, you don't you don't think of that within Just a see. company. Right. There are corporate lawyers. And those corporate lawyers are basically focused on the achieving the business objectives of the company. Right. Within legal realm. Right. right. So if, if you're doing business in a new country, you need to understand the new those countries' rules and right, regulations. Right, okay. And that and takes you, a lawyer. And that takes a lawyer. Because mm -hmm. those documents are either you're setting up a new company or you're doing a JV, a partnership with someone, and that takes a lawyer. Mm -hmm. But it also takes, within those terms and conditions, could also be financial implications to the company. So you need to know. So you need to know the legal side. You that's need good, to know the good. financial side of it. Right. You need to know the risk. You have it too? You have no, it? I haven't yeah. yet. But you know about that. I knew you had a JV. I knew it was a JV. No, but you were yeah. Go ahead, man. Yeah. But, my, but getting back to your point around the uh, 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 experience abroad, right. is when I first got to see that when you work abroad, your touch points mm -hmm. in terms of departments that you work with 
goes from this to this. How so? Tell me. So, 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 for example, if we are going into a new market or doing a new product, Mm -hmm. if in if you're in the home office, Mm -hmm. your role is just to review maybe the finance implications. Military. Need to know basis. Yes. Yes. So you need your need to know becomes wider when you're outside because there are fewer people on the. God, just know. It makes sense. Yeah. But you wouldn't know that. See, the military helps me with that. Exactly. Oh, got it. Wow. So if you're in a domestic market, no matter where, you'll probably have less information because they have more people that can do it. Yes. And they can break it down and make it harder for them to do... Yeah, I got it. Yes, it makes so much sense. And it's also the bureaucracy. Of course. The bureaucracy is closer to the home. Of course. They they write, but that's on purpose. Exactly. They'll spot you you, as you're coming through. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. That's interesting. So you got outside and all of a sudden... Boom. So how do you feel when you came back and you realized you're not getting up, you know? So, so, so and they won't give it to you, right? So when I when, when I, I say there, I mean the businesses. Right. When when I came back, uh, the manager no more than probably eight months later, the managing director called me back into his office. Said, God, you 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 did really well, in in London. So how would you feel about Hong Kong? I said I, I just got back. I have two more years of law school to finish mm-hmm. at night, mind you. And I said, well, I need to talk to the dean of law school. So I called up a mentor of mine, and I said, um, it was my professor in university. His name's Tim Garrity, and he set me on a path of success. And I said, I cannot tell the managing director no. So how do I basically say I would prefer to complete my law degree mm-hmm. as opposed to going abroad again? So he said, this is what you do. You go talk to the dean of the law school and explain to the dean that you've been asked to leave again to you know, uh, get more experience and deliver for the company. Okay. So the dean, I went to the dean's office, head of the Seton Hall University Law School. I'm never gonna forget this. He looked at me and he said, I can see why they're asking you to go abroad. You're obviously a very talented person with your background, but you gotta make a decision. Do you wanna go out and just be a business person? Or do you wanna be a business person with a law degree from Seton Hall University. And I said, no, I want to be a business person with a law degree. And he said, then, then that's your answer. Yeah. So then I went back to my mentor and I told him what the dean said. And he said, well, this is the response I suggest you give the MD. Tell them, I'm happy to go to Hong Kong. However, when I come back, I need to go full-time to law school at the university with pay. So when the, when the managing director kind of heard that implication, he was out, let me think about that. And I could see that he was just basically saying... It's good for you either way. Yeah, so, so I was like, I'm happy to go. Right. So it was a valuable no. lesson. I didn't say, say no. It was no. a valuable lesson. It was very... And I, this, this managing director, uh, awesome, he said, Julius, I understand. And... But I, that I cannot do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so go to law school. So, so go take, continue to go to law school, and um, you know that was that. that was good. So no, so so it was that uh, experience allowed me to understand the opportunities in terms of working outside of the U.S. or else away from the home office, in terms of being all the touch points, working with the front office, working closer with the business people, mm-hmm. working closer with the treasury department, working closer with the risk management people. So you get to work with them, you understand how they you think. You know what they're doing too. And you know what they're doing. I won't go to the next level from there because I'm Houston. <laughs> so you got your BA, you got your MBA. 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 And what? 
Uh, business? Business as well. Why'd you decide to do that? Because you wouldn't you wouldn't yeah. be in technology. So you were wait, you were in the army, right? Navy, Navy. Navy, Navy, Navy. 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 What made you decide to do that? Actually, you know, I went to school, uh, North Carolina, a place called Mars Hill, now university. Okay. Play football. Uh, and it was what right position? I was a linebacker. All right, linebacker. Like we can't tell. I was a hitter. Right? So, um, You're still ready to hit. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so, uh, you know, right around the time, the Gulf War, the first Gulf War. The first Gulf War. Uh, and I, and, and I, I look back and, I, and what I, I can only call, I got to call the action. And I left school early and I joined the Navy. Because um, oh, you, you were drafted, yeah. They don't, and it was no draft. draft. Yeah. It was no draft. And you and, just and I was on a scholarship too in college. And I and I got a and I got this call, and I say a call, a calling inside, inside. Okay. And I joined the navy, uh, and I was and I and and, and and during that time during the Gulf War, as you know, everything was coming through Japan. That's right. And that was my first time in '91 passing through Japan on the way to the Gulf. No, no, no. Uh, at Suki, at Suki, Because when I first joined, I was in a fighter squadron. Okay. And that's where we were, and then we were on an aircraft carrier right. and sailed off to uh, to the Gulf War. What was your job in the, in the Navy? At that time, telecommunications. Telecommunications. Yeah, telecommunications. These Brainy Brothers, where are you guys coming here, man? <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. Man. I just think it's fantastic. Mm. So you did communications. Yeah. Did you pick that? Because you got Yeah, you, you could pick it. You could pick it. What you made you want to because you can pick, you know, you, you, know, you, you yeah, take the ASVAB and whatnot, right. and you can choose whatever you want to choose. Right. You can, because even then, I was thinking, you know, what, you know, down the road, you know, if you stay in, great, but if you don't, you need to have a skill that you know you can transfer and right. use it outside. So how would you world. use communications outside? Communications all around us, right? Yeah, you know, Wi-Fi, you know, Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi tele telecommunication, mobile phone networks, right. and now, of course, today everything is wired. Right? That's right. Everything That's right. is wired. Mm. And so that was the basis. And then, of course, then I finished my university, you know, at the last tail end of my military uh, time. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I went in IBM. I got recruited at IBM. Wait, you went in enlisted? Enlisted. Enlisted. You enlisted. stayed enlisted? I stayed enlisted. How many years were you in the service? Eight years. Why did you stay eight? Because yeah, aren't yeah, you going to be two, two, two tours? Two it's two, and the Navy is two. It's two tours. And the Air Force is four, four. Yeah. Yeah, it was four four. So I did four four. Okay. Yeah, and so yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know. There's no no rhyme or reason to it. Which I just did it, and <laughs> it wasn't your, your cousins that made you go ahead. No, it wasn't my cousins. <laughs> no, my cousins. But I think it was just at a time. Anything probably in part. You know, I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. Yeah, you know, at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and one thing I will say about the military, and I'm sure it was the Air Force. You know, there is a a kind of a family that kind of insulate and I come from a big family and so I kind of found myself moving from one big family to so another big family, family right. where big decisions were a lot softer I mean it means you, you don't take so much risk you know no. right because yeah, you're back up. you got back up you right exactly the thing I like about the service is the fact it's fair mm. it, it, you can't run a military as strong as ours exactly. as the US United, mm. United States military without it being fair and has exactly. an integrity and, mm. and, and all the stuff that's needed exactly Oh, that's what I liked about the service. But exactly. I didn't want to stay in. Exactly. Structured, ordered, but and it gives you a discipline. It does. It if you don't have one, it, I already had one. You had one. If you don't have one, you can see the guys that came in basic, and then after they get through this, all of a sudden, exactly. Yeah. So would you? So so while you're in the service, you finished that. You yes. finished communications. So how did you get from there to the job? You came uh, right out with it. Came okay, right out. So I got recruited. Actually, it's a funny story. I got recruited coming out, CIA. Border Patrol, uh, of course, California Highway Pol uh, Police, and IBM. 
Now, the funny thing is, you know, of course, even though the CIA got to take these exams. Right, of course, of course. But, but how did, wait, right. the Navy must be different than the Air Force, or maybe it's just the time you were in. They actually came to you. Yes, because at the end now, so maybe it's, you know, like you said, the timing uh, difference, you know, when you get to the end of your tours, mm -hmm. they bring, you know, various government entities, mm -hmm. business entities to the military, mm -hmm. uh, and they kind of do a kind of orientation about jobs that are available to you. And what but you, you, they knew you were going to get out. Yes. So they have services that help you kind of transition into... Because it's interesting, during seconds. my time, because it's still Vietnam, if they knew you were going to get out, you got the worst jobs. They, they yeah. really tried to dump on you. Yes. So they kept on trying to get me to go to OTS. Right. And they kept on asking. So I said, look, I really will think about it. OTS Officer Training School. Okay. Which meant I'd have to finish my college education there, mm -hmm. but then owe them six. Right. Mm -hmm. So it'd be 10 more years. Exactly. And I said, look, let me just spend one year out as a civilian. This is good because most people, they do that and they right. find out the difference. Because exactly. I was right. such a good airman. Exactly. They figured I wanted to do that. I mean, when I got out of there, all they could see is my dust. <laughs> but I loved it. Don't exactly. get me wrong. I love the military. I think everyone should have to go. Yes. Especially if they're American citizens. They right. should have to go at least for a year Absolutely. to find out. Then they'd love the country a little bit more. Exactly. They, they will appreciate it. They would appreciate it. They would, appreciate. They, they would realize what they have available to them. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So go on. So, okay, so you did yeah, that. Yeah, so I did that. And, of course, one of the things I did, actually had CIA and one of top two. CIA, Border Patrol. And, and, and I'll tell you why. CIA, of course, you know, everybody dun, dun, kid throws dun, up dun, with the James dun, Bond dun, kind of thing. Yeah. But then, of course, now I had already been in the, the Navy. And so after you take the exam, similar to the military, they come by and they say, what jobs that you are available or available to you? Mm. And the job came back for me. It was clandestine operations. And, and you know, I come out of the Navy. I'm like, I'm going to wear a suit. You know, I'm one of these guys. I want to wear a suit, tie. Yeah, yeah. You know, I want to be an analyst. Yeah, you know? shoes. <laughs> <laughs> shoes, yeah. You know, I'm like Jim Clancy kind of guy. But <laughs> no, it's a clandestine operation. I swear to God, I didn't understand what that was. And I asked, well, what is clandestine operation? And break it down simply, that's that spy stuff. That's, right. that's that stuff you put yourself in harm's way. That's right. I said, and there's no music in the exactly. background. I said, that's not for me. <laughs> exactly. I said, no, I said, no thanks. I know things. That's not for me. Right? And so, of course, then IBM came along at that time. And IBM, if, it's still a huge company, but at that time, especially around technology, big blue. Mm -hmm. big blue. Mm -hmm. And if you're in technology, you know you want to be in big blue. blue. Right. And I got the opportunity. It was a guy. It was an ex-colonel. What year was this? This is in '97. Okay, okay, yeah, exactly. Is ex-colonel retired who was in uh, IBM and okay. recruited me into IBM, uh, and, and I joined. Hallelujah. Yes. <laughs> and, and that's the other side of that that, that work too, the military. So you'll find. Like yourself, people who wore the uniform, they're, they're out there. Right. Well, G.E. G. E. Jack Ross used to pride, pride yeah. himself in that. He said, when you let them go, talking about the military, yeah. I picked them up. Because yes. mm. he's not doing anything but pointing. Yes. Mm. You already know what to do. Right. Right. Just point them in the direction. We're made to be leaders, especially mm. if you come out as an officer. Yes. Right. You're made yes. to be leaders. He picked them up, boom, boom, boom. So you find G.E., IBM. Yes. All the big companies, except for high tech now, right? Yes. Tech doesn't have a lot of people in the military because no, they get all the young kids. Kids, kids. Why do you think that is? Both of who do you think right. causes that? I th well, I th well, no discipline. Is that necessary no, or what? Well, how you say it? it's a different discipline. Hmm. It's a different discipline. They want to keep the childlike mind. Yes. So even you know what I see, especially because now I'm, I'm in a fintech, and which is tell me it's, so, it's oh, so fintech. So yeah, so it's a tech now. So basically, it's a finance company where it's uh, driven by technology. So whereas if you think about a normal bank, you got all the various departments and all these things. Mm -hmm. Well, in the FinTech, all of that stuff is now, it's just machinery, it's computers. 
right? Mm, okay. And so you see all these programs, these young kids in technology, and they live here. They live between the chair and the monitor. Okay. They don't live in, the, I call it sometimes, they don't live in the real world, right. but the real world consequences, right? Exactly. So all they need to do is they get it up, they put on the, the shorts, their flip-flops. It's not what I look yeah. like. It's, it's not, not how I talk. It's how I think. It's just how I think, yeah. and I think in zeros and ones. That's right. That's it. Not realizing it. Not realizing it. Exactly. Whereas, you know, if you go back, it wasn't not only about that, but it was also the human interaction, right? Because we started off with that. Because that's how we start, right? That's how we started. And these guys, well, these kids now, and you see it now with small kids, where they, everybody's on the train now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah, is yeah. where the world is. Yeah, yeah. And that's the difference. Hmm. And they're hella fast, too. And they're fast. You know, I was thinking, I was thinking once, I was thinking about, like, for a business or something, someday, these girls in Shibuya that you say, mm -hmm. they're sitting up there and they're dressed up and all this stuff, right. and they have their phones... They type fast with one thumb yes. that mm. most people could do with all 10 digits. Mm. And I'm thinking, if you took them and gave them something, just input, you could clean up and say, I give you this much, so you can still stand on the corner. Exactly. Just this phone, <laughs> this, this device, do right. this, and put that input in, blah, 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 just feed it. Yeah, it's close. I mean, it's unreal. And I'm thinking, how can they be doing that not hitting all the other numbers, too? Yes. It's just unreal. <laughs> It's according to what I used to think about typing when yes, typing yes. first came out. Exactly. So how do you, how is it that I have both of you here? Because usually it's one person at a time. Yeah. Yeah. You invited Houston because you said to me when I saw you were attacked, it was me, you, and Samuel. Yes. And you said, Lance, you have to meet Houston. Because I was talking about Brady Brothers. Yes. He said, no, you got to meet Houston. <laughs> this, is the, but this is the guy I consider the Brady Brother. <laughs> so he's right, man. <laughs> so you got something but, you know, Absolutely right, Lance. And, and it's it's because Houston and I have known each other for twenty years. Twenty years. Twenty years. We first met in Japan in uh, about two thousand and two or so. Right, two thousand two. So coming on twenty years. Yes. And uh, worked together briefly. Briefly, at the brothers. brothers. But the point is. But your ages are. So it's ten years different. Ten years different. Ten years. Ten years younger. Yes. Yes. But the difference is this. Our careers, although Houston's currently with a startup unicorn fintech, and I worked in more established companies, in a lot of ways, our careers are parallel, both in finance. We're both, if I can say, um, at a certain point in our career where we're managing and delivering on company-wide commitments. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But me in a more mature company that's doing startup activities, whereas he's in a startup acti company that's doing more, much, more, more mature. mature. So it's, it's, oh, I right at the perfect so it's conversions, and I think people don't realize that. Wait a second, when you say you're in a startup, you could be in a mature company doing startup things, exactly. and you can be in a startup trying to do mature exactly. things. Executions. So to, I think to have that discussion with both of us here, yeah, right. you, you're, 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 you get a more understanding of, you know what, you can be in both worlds. Mm. And still the, have, and still have, have that same, depending on your skill set, mm -hmm. be playing to your strengths. Exactly. Exactly. So that's why I thought that it would be interesting. So you two aren't in front of monitors. Are you in front of monitors all the time? Is that where your world is now? And you just remember the outside? <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> I'm in front of a lot more than I want to be, you know? Yes. Unfortunately, yes. You, you kept us stuck behind me. But then you get mad at these little kids for being outside there, but you, you're there 
too, but I, mean, I know the good old days. Because <laughs> <laughs> the difference is I know when to push away. Right. Okay, okay, that today. <laughs> that's interesting. So, but that's where you are really right now. Exactly. Exactly. Do you think that the young kids don't really care about? They're not thinking the way that you might carry a little animosity or a little. That's too. It's a shame when you're talking to younger kids. Right. They missed out. They're not thinking that about you because what did they miss out on? Yeah. They have nothing to compare it with. You're comparing it with something you actually did. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yes. But I tell you what I, I found, and mm-hmm. maybe Julius the same, you understand mm-hmm. that. I think even if everybody understands because of what happened with COVID. And I think even for these kids who live behind this monitor, and you look at what's happening in society in general, you see that in some ways society is breaking down because there's this loss of this human potential. Which we really need. Which we need. We really, right? do. we really do. And I think for that generation who never thought they needed that, but because of COVID and they're stuck in their houses, mm. now they realize, wait a minute, something's missing. That's right. Yeah. And, they, and, they, and because they don't have the context, they can't. They don't know what it is. But it, what it is, but it's something right. just taken it's away something, that I have. Something, something that was taken away. And so I think that's where people like us come in and say, this is what, this it, is is. what it is. Yes. So yes. this is why we're spending so much time behind the screen because it's not connecting from a business, but it's con- how you doing. Yeah. You know, what's going on? That's what right. And mean it. And mean it. And mean, mean it. Exactly. Not just as a courtesy. And not as a courtesy. Exactly. That's heavy, man. I like that. That is really something. But you guys are there too. You can get goosebumps. I like it. <laughs> no, it's really. It's a, it's a, you live in a different world. You live in a whole different world. Mine's very tactile. Mm. You know, very tactile. I get behind the screen, but not with the intensity that you two do. You're doing it with the same intensity. Kids are doing it not even realizing they have that intensity. Yes. Right? Exactly. I see my sons. I see. I'll say something to one of my sons, like, I want to listen, he goes immediately. Dad, this is me. Hmm. I'm asking you, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But I don't do that anymore, but that's what my shadow will say. I'm going to ask you, man. Why you got to ask them? Or right, look on Google. Can't you just say, I don't know? <laughs> Nobody doesn't know. Because they all have the answer right Exactly. Here. Right in the power. What do you think about this? This is something just outside of the area of your expertise. Yeah. may not be. What do you think about the redundancy our media has done towards colleges? Because mm. in the past, colleges, mm. the only thing they had that we didn't is information because it's difficult to get access right. to it. Mm. So you're paying for that information. But now in one little handheld phone, I have everything, if I know how to search for it, right. that I need to tell mm. me about laws, rules, right. how to, I can look at YouTube and find out how to make glass. I can yes. do almost anything I want and right. it's there right now. Mm-hmm. What do you think that's going to do to our education right. system? Isn't it redundant now? I mean, you know, maybe not for the U.S. Let, let you go first. Right. Julie, well, this. you know, I, I think it's interesting, Lance, and, and I think a lot of young people feel that way. And especially with both of you both having young kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just curious. You know, I, 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 I think young people feel that way. They, as they get through high school, they know the traditional ways university, college, or, or something, versus, no, I'm going to get out there and do something else different. Mm-hmm. And therefore, because I have Siri, because I have Google, because I've been doing all this research, why do I need university? Why do I need it? And, and I think that's an a interesting crossroads, because as a parent, you're saying, because you need to get a job. Or because you want to get education, okay, because just, it's part of your future. It's part of what we always did in our family. Right. Or you're the next generation to achieve right. that. 
Whereas I think that for the younger person who's trying to grapple with pleasing their parent versus the need to, to execute into the marketplace to do something, it's a challenge. So I think they need to find the reason why they're going to university. And if they don't have that reason... Yes, but to add to that, I think universities have an obligation to change the paradigm of how they teach because it's not mm -hmm. about getting information because we can all get information. Right. So if I think again, my age and I deal with these younger programs, these kids, the difference is context. Mm -hmm. It's critical thinking. It's what do you do with the information? Mm -hmm. How do you apply the information? When is the right time for the right answer? Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Because one thing, they have a brain full of data right, right. and we call those computers. <laughs> but to turn that into information mm. that can create value right. or, action. And, yeah, right. or a call to action, You're right. that's critical thinking. Gotcha. And I think that's where university school systems in general is not only about just you know the you know the three R's. It's really about how to think mm. critically, mm. right? How to process information. I've always I didn't do very well in school because I was in a big city and I can have all the issues where I just didn't do well. Mm. Got into the service and found out that well, I'm too dumb. <laughs> but I was led to believe I was. Mm. Mm. I think some of the problem could be the people teaching. Mm. If the, the theory and reality are two different yeah. things, and how can you have someone who's committed to just talking about it teach someone who wants to do it? Yes. Be effective. Exactly. Yes. How can you? Now, you two can teach what you've actually done. You may not know how to, but with someone teaching you how to do that, you can do it. Okay. Then again, as you said, getting the information across to some, everyone learns differently. Right, exactly. One doesn't work for all. Exactly. How do you train people to be able to teach people based upon the way they learn best? Exactly. And that's, in my mind, that's the macro to the micro. Thank you. You got to mm. come away, and we have to start treating every individual as an individual. Right. Right. And to your point, strengths, weaknesses. Mm. And I think, the, in any person, I would say anywhere, a child, they say, if I need to know one thing, what do I need to know for success? If it's one thing, yourself. Mm. Talk right. to me. Yeah. You need to know yourself. Yeah. That's a hell of a one. <laughs> that's, but that's, that's a journey. journey. Bear. That's a journey. That's a journey. Shoot, you open up that closet, boy. <laughs> Hey, do you really want to know? Do you really want to know? Do you really want to know? It's right. Man in the mirror time, right? Tell me about it. Man in the mirror. That is so interesting. Look, I mean, we can go on and on and on. I know you guys have other stuff that you're going to be doing. This is we, We're going to have to do this more than one time. Yes. Yeah. Because we can take it into so many different areas. And I really appreciate your time and and coming on to this podcast and doing this with me. Yeah, it's really good. And I really hope that these recorders I have on are recording. And it's going to be good. If it isn't, you're going to have to promise to do it again. If it isn't, I'm saying this just in case. Right. Right. Any last words you'd like to say or anything? You have anything you'd like to say? No, I, I just think it's a great opportunity. And, and I, like you both you already know, it is awesome to work and have experience globally, no matter what country you're from. And I think I get up every day saying, wow, yeah, days are challenging, but, you know, an opportunity to be successful and committed to what you're doing and knowing yourself and working outside the U.S. is just, it's, it's an awesome experience. And I hope that people, when they hear this, think about if there's an opportunity.
get so outside of your country. Get to out get out of it. Irrespective mm -hmm. of where your country is from. That's if right, there's right. an opportunity to get out of your side of your country. find out people are very similar. And, and do something. Exactly. You know, it's, it's a great. You know, it's a whole That's right. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I want to thank all of you for watching this podcast. I don't know how close this is going to be if I'm a little fuzzy or not. But I want to thank you for watching it. Please make sure you press like, subscribe, and leave a comment. I want to do more of these. And I'll only do them if you start writing something down telling me what you like. And remember, it's all unknown. And keep reaching for the stars.